0: morning. It's a beautiful Sunday in the Old Pueblo, and you're listening to KTDT Tucson. I want to thank you for spending a part of your brunch hour with us on your downtown Tucson community-sponsored rock and roll radio station. This week, we're going to take a look back to a 2018 interview we did with Charles Foley. He's the founder of the organization Flags for the Flagless. What led him to launch this effort, and why is he so passionate about filling up empty flagpoles? Today is May 30th. It's a Memorial Day show. My name is Tom Heath, and you're listening to Life Along the Streetcar. Each and every Sunday, our focus is on social, cultural, and economic impacts in Tucson's urban core, and we shed light on hidden gems everyone should know about. From A-Mountain to U-Arizona and all stops in between, you get the inside track right here on 99.1 FM, streaming on downtownradio.org, and available on your iPhone or Android, with our very own Downtown Radio Tucson app. If you want to listen to past episodes, you can find them all housed on our website, lifealongthestreetcar.org. We have a contact box on there if you want to get a hold of us. You can also find us on Facebook. And our podcast is really anywhere that you would find such media, including by asking your smart speaker to play Life Along the Streetcar podcast. And we're going to start today's show with news from 1956, that's right, this was a, a story uh, in May uh, 29th, 1956, regarding Memorial Day, it was in the Tucson Daily Citizen, the evening edition, and you may know this about me, but I like to read through old newspapers and get a sense of what Tucson was going through in different parts of our history, and I uh, found this interest, this article very appropriate for today's show. Started with a nice explanation of Memorial Day. It, uh, and I'm quoting now from the Tucson Daily Citizen here. Memorial Day, long observed as Decoration Day, was originally set aside by General John A. Logan, Commander-in-Chief of the Grand Army of the Republic, for, quote, the purposes of strewing with flowers or otherwise decorating the graves of comrades who died in defense of their country and whose bodies lie in almost every city, village, and hamlet churchyard in the land. Unquote. Now, set aside to honor originally the Civil War dead, Memorial Day now memorializes the nation's dead in all wars. And the reason I liked this article, not just for the great explanation, but because it asks if you've got your flag ready for flying. And if you don't, it says you can pick them up for as little as three cents and as much as a dollar at the Rural Flag Company. And you can also find them at Hockamie's Department Store, S.H. Crestco. McClellans and Woolworth's so if uh, you're out and about in downtown swing by Hockamies or Woolworth's and pick up your flag for Memorial Day and it was fitting because our feature today is also about flags and it's about an organization called flags for the flagless and we're gonna look back to 2018 we did an interview with a Tucson police officer named Charles Foley who founded the organization flags for the flagless and um, you know, we wanted to find out back then really what, what led him to do this. And at the time, uh, we were in downtown having a celebration of Flag Day, which is coming up here in, very shortly in June, and Flags for the Flagless had donated a bunch of flags to the effort. I think there were like 30 of them uh, flying in downtown. So we caught up with Charles back in 2018 and uh, thought it was appropriate to share that interview with you today
1: in honor of the Memorial Day weekend. So, uh, Charlie Foley, I was raised in San Diego, California. I come from a long history of military personnel. My father served in the Korean War in the Marine Corps. Uh, He had a brother that also served in the South Pacific in the Marine Corps. Um, I'm a graduate of the University of Arizona, 1991. Um, Did a couple of jobs after college, but came back to Tucson in 1995, Uh, was married, was in some local businesses restaurant business but i come also from a long history of law enforcement to this day i still have family that are cops if you will in california i have a cousin that retired as a lieutenant i have a cousin who's a sergeant in the san francisco area um, and i i've always thought about being a cop and i tested in 2001 and i became a cop so for 17 and a half years i've been a police officer for the city of tucson i met a guy about three, or four years ago, played professional sports. He was a professional football player. He had retired. And I said, Donnie, Donnie Edwards is his name. He said, what do you do now, right? Here's a guy who's made millions of dollars over the years. He says, you know, I take veterans back to where they fought their battles. And I thought it was an honor flight thing. I was so naive at the time. So you're taking them back to DC to see the memorials? No, I take these guys back to Iwo Jima. I take them back to Normandy. I take them back to Germany so they can be where they fought their battles. It struck a chord with me. I had a six-hour drive back from San Diego to Tucson by myself, and my mind starts working. Here's a guy who is the best in the world at what he did. You're a professional athlete, he's a professional football player, and he's giving back his time. 17 and a half years, I've received a Medal of Valor, two Chief Citation of Excellence, I was a member of our SWAT team. What have I done to get back, though? What have I done to leave some sort of legacy, if you will, in this community? Couldn't think of anything. I get back to Tucson. I was working downtown division at the time in a patrol car. I'm driving around and I just started seeing empty flagpoles everywhere. I think in the, the first week that I started looking, I counted 22 in about a two mile radius. And I just started thinking, why? Every flagpole is going to have a story. Is a local business? that just forgot about it, is it there's no rope. And to get it a flagpole re-roped, you have to get either a bucket truck or a scissor lift, maybe people can't afford it. I didn't know. So being in Tucson for a long time, being connected, knowing people, I reached out to people and said, hey, would you be willing to donate some rope? Would you be willing to donate some flags if I needed it? My police union said, we'll give you the rope. People in the community says, I'll give you flags. So I went around, did the easy way first. If I had a rope on a pole, boom, I was putting up flags. This was something I'm like, ah, eh, I'll work my 40 hours as a cop, my days off, I'll put up flags, stand under the radar, just kinda dress these poles up. Well, that didn't last very long. My first flag went up on flag day on top of the Benjamin Plumbing Building at, is sixth and seventh I think it is? Mm-hmm. And that's a great I'll tell you that story. I walked in there, I said who I was, this is what I want to do. You guys have a flagpole at the top of this building. I just want to put a flag on it. it. says, hey, you know, I'm not the owner, but I'll tell you, it's a mess up there. There's no access to the roof, the stairs were wooden, they were blown away, you can't get to the roof without some sort of a ladder, this, that. okay." So as I'm starting to walk out, he says, Hey, there's Mark Berman. He's the owner of Benjamin Plumbing. Talk to him, and see what he says. So I give the whole speech again and say, look, I just want to put up a flag. You have a flagpole. This is on a cop. I want to get back. He says, No problem. I'll build stairs for you. I couldn't believe it. And as my dad once says, that's between someone who works in the business and someone who owns the business. Mark Berman built steel corrugated stairs so you can get out of that building, walk down, he put lights on that flagpole. First flag I put up was on Benjamin Plumbing on Flag Day four years ago.
0: Why did you choose that location?
1: I saw it as a gateway to Tucson. And I saw it before that beautiful mural was put up there, all that, I saw that building, I knew it was historic, and I knew as a gateway, coming in off of I-10 and you're coming into the U of A or you're coming into Tucson, what better place to start? Mm-hmm. I think uh, Jos- Josiah Jostler may have designed that building or had some role in it. Jostler's a longtime architect in our community and you know, it's a historic building. And I figured coming into Tucson, coming into U of a that's, a, that's a gateway. And that was before, like I said, the mural, I knew they were gonna do the widening of all the aviation, all that stuff. And thank goodness that building is going to be there and they're always putting up flags. That was, that was number one. Since then, I've put up over a hundred in Pima County. I've lost count. I stopped counting about a year ago, over a hundred. Um, but then it started morphing into, Hey, my dad served in the military. Or had a woman called me and say, my husband passed away. He was in the military. I have his casket flag. I want you to have it. My kids don't want it. I'm old. I can't use it. I want you to have my family's casket flag." And as you probably know, casket flags are a little bit different shape and size than a normal flag because they cover a casket. They're nine feet long. They're made of cotton. They're not an everyday flying flag. So I reached out to a friend of mine at the University of Arizona in the athletics department. I said, James, you guys fly an American flag already at every home football game. Why not fly a different family's casket flag, internment flag at every game? I said, you know what? That's what I'll do. Not only will I do it, but I'll get four tickets for the family to attend the game, and I want them on the field for the national anthem. No pomp, no circumstance, won't say their name, but they're on the field for the national anthem. I talked to these young interns. I said, hey, what's it like for the family when they're on the field, there's 50,000 people, he says, Charlie, we have to step back. The family is falling. So for the last three years, and I just got confirmation they'll do it again this year. And I've already got all six home games lined up. Sometimes it's in honor of an unknown veteran. If it's around Veterans Day, I'll fly a flag for no one in particular, if you will, and I'll make sure some local veterans go to the game. Last year we had a member at the DM airbase who took his own life tragically. It was a tragic event, took his own life. One game I flew his flag and I had his four squad mates who were mechanics out at DM. They went to the game. You know, So it's not always about a particular family, certain events that happen in our community, people that I meet throughout the year. Those are people that I'll remember and I'll reach out and say, hey, you want to go to a game? You want to be on the field? You want to have your father, your family recognized? Just mainly for you, absolutely, people love us. People love U of A's, as far as I know, the only university in the country that does it. That's a
0: tremendous it, idea. I, didn't, yeah. I did not realize they even did that, so yeah. I keep learning. I keep learning, but at some point, your passion turned into some structure because you have an organization now. It's not just you out there hanging flags in the middle of the night. But it is me. But you have, you've you've got an organization as well. Great. I do,
1: 501C3, non- nonprofit, Flags for the Flagless, Um, once I saw that it was starting to grow bigger than I could ever imagine I said okay I need to put some structure to this people want to donate but they were hesitant you know they wanted to see that nonprofit status so they wanted that 501c designation so I did it it wasn't easy right for a lot of people especially um, a guy like myself who's just a cop and he wants some side nonprofit to start up but I did so it's a nonprofit and uh, I have a website as you know on there if you want to donate there's a PayPal you can go right to PayPal or uh, I have a P.O. box if you want to mail a check or flags or both you know it's easy I make it a lot easier and it's a tax write-off right I mean it's a donation to a local charitable organization that
0: um, just and that money going to the organization you don't have a lot of overhead or bureaucracy no. it's it's going to flags
1: polls it's just me I don't have an office I don't have any staff, it's just me. Um, Yeah, it's just myself, so no overhead. So if you want to give a flag, you want to donate $25 or $50, whatever it may be, or whatever, it's either buying a flag, or it's help me maybe fill my gas tank a little bit to go out to cells where I gave uh, 180 flags to the school district out in cells, right? Or, um, you know, flags, just, I'll never, someone once asked me, so when does this end? I don't see it ever ending everywhere i go provo utah new york seattle there's empty flag poles throughout this country i mean it can never really theoretically end you know there's always a need for more flags
0: so you're you're in tucson but you're from san diego so you've expanded this program into san diego too correct
1: correct yeah so september 11th of last year i went out there and i met up with my friend who inspired me donnie edwards we had a local news media out there and we raised our first flag in san diego on september 11th of 2017 right there in san diego so donnie was there which helped bring out the news media i'm a small fish out in san diego a guy like donnie edwards makes a phone call or i mention his name i had news media out there they were raising flags and so i put about four or five now up in san diego so
0: well we're gonna be back to this 2018 interview with charlie foley in just a few minutes and we'll uh Have him predict the future in 2018 and uh, very accurate as we roll into 2021. My name is Tom Heath and you're listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio at 99.1 FM and available for streaming on downtownradio.org. And we're going to finish up that 2018 interview with uh, Charlie Foley of Tucson's uh, Flags for the Flagless and uh, pay special attention because he talks about some things happening in the future of 2018. And as we roll into 2021, uh, his uh, predictions were pretty accurate. Is there any preference that you give to schools or nonprofits?
1: Or is it just a few? Is it location? What what sort of drives that decision? Or does it even matter? So again, I started out the flagpoles that I could see if I could see a business, right? Um, I would try to hit those businesses to East Congress, where the, uh, I don't know if it's still the, uh, Chase Bank building, but they had two old flagpoles out there. I, I wanted to hit high traffic areas, businesses I wanted to hit up. Well, I just got an email the other day from the boys and girls club it said, Hey, we have six clubhouses. We need new flags. We need rope. Okay. I'll help out boys and girls club. Um, if someone calls me and says, Hey, I know a widow that lives down my street. She has a flagpole. She needs some help. I'll go help her out. Right. Um, And if I see an empty flagpole, I might just pop in and say, hey, this is what I do. And I have made it so that there's there's no question of, well, what about rope? What about getting up? No. All you have to do is say, I want a flag and I'll make it happen. Out of the 130 flags I put up, I've had one person say, no thanks. And I walk away. I don't bug them. I don't want to. But I don't want to harass people or feel like they have to put up a flag. If you say no, no problem. I don't ask why, I just walk away and say, okay.
0: And then this also, this effort's grown beyond just raising flags. It's raising awareness. You, you talk about proper treatment and
1: respect for flags. I do, you know, and so I started this program under a different presidency before Ferguson. I'm passionate about our country. Um, and I convey that, you and I were speaking before we came on, is, I think we start to realize how lucky we are to live where we are and so it's more about just the country the, the how fortunate we are to live here you know every day we have people wanting to get into this country from wherever they are they want to come to this country so it's not just about the flag it's just being proud and being understanding that you live in the greatest country in the world and I think that's what I want to remind people that's what started this it's if I wear a flag on my Mapel coat, doesn't mean I vote a certain way. Doesn't mean I watch a certain news channel. I love my country, end of story. So don't let a flag flying on Sixth Avenue or Stone think that you're voting a certain way or you're, your politics are politics. It's just about our country, that's it. That's all I want people to realize. Is we can disagree, we could have an open dialogue, and we're able to do that because of the country we live in. I, I teach once in a while people that want to become US citizens. Um, they have to take a class and they want to learn. And I ask some of these people from Senegal, from China, from uh, Ethiopia, Ethiopia about their country and the flag. We're very fortunate to where where we live and what we're able to burn our flag with no recourse. You do that in any other country, right? Our freedom of speech, our freedom of religion—all of it—that flag should remind all of us how lucky we are.
0: The the downtown area right now has thirty some of your flags flying, and I think that started last year around Flag Day, which is June 14th, correct? And um, that was sort of a an attempt of the downtown Tucson partnership and the merchants to to instill a sense of patriotism around that time frame of July 4th. We have the fireworks, but we didn't have sort of the foundation behind
1: it. And so they reached out and and, and you provided the... And my thought was you and I, about the same age, I remember you look at old photos from the 40s, even the 50s, everybody in this country had flags out. On every street corner, on every building there was a flag. And then it stopped for whatever reason, I don't know. We are able to do all that because of the people that have died and fought for that flag.
0: And and Memorial Day, I know in the past, I I don't know if this last year, but in the past you've organized events to put flags out on veterans' uh, graves at at various... uh,
1: Evergreen, yeah, so Evergreen, um, myself and uh, American Legion Post 7 would get together, and we would get, they they first started out, they said they would get 30 or 40 people over the years. They wanted a bigger turnout. So they reached out to me, and through the power of social media, the first year they asked me to help, it was the largest turnout they've ever had. And we would just get a thousand flags and go to Evergreen Cemetery at about 7 a.m. on Saturday morning of Memorial weekend and those flags. And you've been there. To go to that cemetery and there's no flags, And when you leave at 12 o'clock that day and to see a carpet of flags, it's pretty cool. It's pretty, And I encourage families to bring their kids. I wanna see little kids, little young children out there Right after you and I are gone, it's the young kids that are going to have to carry on this love of country, the patriotism. Remember our veterans. I want those young boys, young girls, to remember. I remember going to the cemetery with my parents on Memorial Day, placing flags at headstones. That's what I want to instill. Just, there. What Flag Day was a huge day. Talking to people before you and I were adults or kids, it's like Flag Day used to be this huge event. What happened? Right? It just. I don't know. I, I don't know if I could bring that back, but at least start start the conversation or just you know hang a flag doesn't mean anything other than love of country is how i look at it or proud to be an american that's all
0: so how can people help obviously money uh they can go to flags uh we'll we'll post yeah so it's
1: flags and then the number four flagless um dot o-r-g then go there and really like i was saying there's no end to this there are empty flagpoles everywhere um so really It's either funds, if you will, for me to buy flags or just donate flags. Um, My only uh, caveat to that would be American made American flags. There are some other countries that want to make an American flag. I would ask that if you are gonna buy flags and send them in, try to make sure they're made in the USA. Other than that, send me flags. I'll take care of the rest the rope. I've got people that will donate the rope to me. If you see an empty flagpole or you see a place or if you know someone that needs a flag, Shoot me an email, right? Just shoot me an email through the website. I'll go check it out. And that's how this all works, either through social media, through the website. If you've seen empty flagpole somewhere, you know uh, maybe an elderly woman or elderly man on your street that needs some help or something, let me know. I'll go out there and help them out. Right now, it's it's still part-time, but I think in the when I retire in three years, I could do this full-time. So.
0: Well, my questions have been answered. Is there anything that
1: that we haven't covered that you think is important that we get out? state of Arizona requires that every classroom, publicly funded classroom, has an American flag in it. If your kids attend a school and they don't have flags in the classroom, let me know. I have a gentleman in town who has assured me that he will donate any flag to any school for any classroom throughout the entire city. And so the Tahona O'odham Nation Keevery School District out in cells They wanted to do 140 flags in every office, every classroom. My donor gave all the flags to them. So locally, if you have a child that's in a school that doesn't, and I mean a real flag, not a little, there are some of these schools that have a little cutout, a photocopy of a flag. No, my guy, my donor will give you a flag on a staff with a mount to put in any classroom. And so I want to make sure if there's families out there, kids out there, I remember I wasn't the sharpest kid in school. My mind and eyes would wander, and it would go right to that flag at times. That and the clock on the wall, (laughs) the two things that would get my attention. So, that's all. You know, if if people see a need for flags, man, just let me know. I'll do whatever I can, and I rarely say no. So, I'll help it any way I can.
0: Well, in 2018, retirement seemed far away for... uh... (laughs) charlie and uh now we find that he is uh, within a few months of retiring from the tucson police department and um i checked in with him and he certainly is expecting to do more with flags for the flagless and um you know he's got some really good ideas and invite you to check out his website keep track of what's happening now here locally and uh, as things are expanding across the country with him Well, my name is Tom Heath. You are listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio. We're at 99.1 FM and streaming on downtownradio.org. Well, we are about to wrap up here, episode number 153. Uh, As always, you can head over to lifealongthestreetcar.org if you want to hear some of our past episodes. This one will be available uh, probably, I think we get them up there typically within the next uh, day or so. But do stay tuned to Downtown Radio. We've got Ted Ski, our Fabulous weekday DJ is uh, here on Sundays now with a show called Words and Work as he interviews members, writers, and others from the labor movement. And coming up on Life Along the Streetcar, we're going to jump back to the music scene next week with an interview with Mark Martinez of the Rialto Theater. He also goes by Max Webster here on Downtown Radio. He's a photographer of mostly music events, very connected with bands. And we want to get his sense of what's the music scene here in Tucson going to look like coming out of the pandemic? And in speaking with him, it looks very bright. So uh, you definitely want to tune in for that show. If you're interested in local music to see where things are going. And as always, if you've got a topic for us to cover, just hit us up on our Facebook page, uh, share us. We'll share back. If you've got any uh, downtown or urban core related material, and you can always email us contact at life along the streetcar. If you want to uh, make some suggestions for topics or guests that we could have on our show. In honor of Charlie Foley's upcoming and uh, soon-to-be-happening retirement from Tucson Police Department, we're going to leave you with a little music today, specially chosen. This is from Bryce Winston off of his 2010 album, Introducing Bryce Winston. The song is called Time to Spare. Hope you have a great week and tune in next Sunday for more Life Along the Streetcar.